They're here, everyone. They are the smart kids at the shops with their mothers or fathers, riding their bikes around the streets and playing down by the river, as well as talking to their friends on their smartphones. Join the smart kids each week as they discover, explore, and solve the mysteries of today. Here's your host, J.T. Crowley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third podcast. I hope you enjoyed the previous podcasts of Injala and Hamish, but today we're off to Derby in the UK, the city where I come from, and it's here that we find Charlie and his friends in Darley Park, a park that I often played in as a child. Nowadays, due to climate change, it's very rare for us in the UK to get what I can remember as a proper winter's day, where the ground is covered in a thick blanket of snow. Enough snow, that is, for all of us to get out our sledges, toboggans, however you call them, and have a great day in the snow, simply being big kids, small kids, but just kids. Let's say hello to Charlie, everyone. Charlie lives with his parents in a house that backs on to the very park where I have him in the story. It's a posh part of Derby. Charlie, despite being the third character in the book, was in fact the first short story I wrote. I remember writing him on a bleak, miserable and wet winter Sunday afternoon. One of those dreary days that was neither here nor there. And I thought, oh wow, couldn't it just snow so that we can all go out and have some fun? The story, as you can see, is a winter scene. And for most able-bodied children, jumping on and off, careering up and down snowy slopes on a sledge toboggan would be taken as the norm. But Charlie, due to his illness, was having to temporarily use a wheelchair when venturing outside. I thought, hmm, how do I get round that small but vital issue? Well, read or listen to the story to see how Charlie's wheelchair was converted into a toboggan. As in all previous and future podcasts, I'm going to give you a snippet of the storyline. So sit back and listen. But at the very end of the podcast, I have a question for you. But here's the story. Sit back and listen. Charlie looked out from his small attic bedroom window. He could see all the children from the street where he lived playing in the snow. He longed to join them. But the doctors had told him that his latest operation to rid the tumour that was wrapped around the base of his spine would take months of recuperation. A small red-breasted robin crash-landed on the windowsill, scratching at the snow to get at the last remaining seeds Charlie had put out that morning. As fast as the robin had appeared from the mists of nowhere, he vanished. But not without a cheeky stare at the small boy on the other side of the window pane as if to say, thanks for the feud, mate. Charlie thought to himself, wow, wouldn't it be great to fly? A knock at the front door of the house distracted Charlie for a few seconds. He could hear the voices of his best friends, Peter, Ben and Rebecca, in the hallway. His crutches were propped against the small bedside locker. A small photograph sat on the top of the locker was recent. His dad had taken it in the park. It was a photo of himself and his friends the day before he went into hospital. His friends assigned the back of the frame to Charlie, all our love, P. 
Pisa, Ben and Rebecca. The clattering of his friends coming up the stairs reverberated around the whole house. Normally they would all sit and play computer games, but today was different. It had snowed for the first time, and it was proper snow. Peter threw Charlie his crutches while Ben looked out of the attic window. Guys, let's go toboggan in. Look, everybody, it's out on the park having fun. The prospect of playing in the snow had excited them all, but a nagging thought crossed Charlie's mind. The doctors had told his parents to keep him safe from any winter colds, as his immune system was low from the operation and the subsequent chemo treatment he had endured over the last few weeks. He was fed up sitting at home, day after day, while his friends went to school. He desperately wanted to go out in the snow and have some enjoyment in his life for a change. He knew his mother and father would disapprove. Their answer would be, another day, son. Looking up at the window, the little red-breasted robin had returned and was hopping on and off the windowsill. Each time he landed, he tapped the window with his beak as if to say, Come on, Charlie, come out to play. At that precise moment, Charlie made up his mind. He was going to venture out with his friends today. He knew that the snow would only be around for a couple of days before it turned to slush, and that his friends would be extremely disappointed, having missed the opportunity to have fun in the snow. They wouldn't go unless he was with them. But how to get past Charlie's mother? Rebecca had an idea. I know. I'll phone my mum and tell her that Charlie's mother wants to meet for coffee as she has had some new ideas for the nearly new clothes shop they're thinking of opening. That should distract both of them for a few hours. They won't even notice we've gone. Great idea, thought Ben. Plan A was up and running. Peter and Ben helped Charlie down the stairs while Rebecca checked to see that her mum and Charlie's were fully engrossed in the sitting room, discussing the new shop plans over two flat white coffees. Thumbs up gave the all clear for Peter and Ben to support Charlie down the remaining steps. Charlie got a fit of the giggles. This was the most excitement he'd had in days. Ben elbowed Charlie in the ribs, at the same time whispering in his right ear to shut up. Rebecca opened the cupboard door that was under the stairs, pulling Charlie's coat and scarf off the peg. His gloves had been stuffed into his pockets. Peter got the wheelchair, which the hospital had loaned the family. It was next to the French windows in the dining room. Within minutes, Charlie was kitted out for a snow adventure. Charlie's house backed onto the park. The little gate at the bottom of the garden leading to the park was a bit of a rickety affair, but there, sitting on the post, was a small red-breasted robin observing the entire goings-on. The snow covering the garden path was proving difficult for Charlie to manage in his chair. Ben remembered his dad had chopped up some bits of wood for the old kitchen. Aga, ah, he thought. In amongst the pile, there was two small planks, ideal for wooden skis. Where are you going, Ben? shouted Peter. Back in a minute, mumbled Ben as he dashed across the park to his house. Planks of wood were propped against the garage wall. Searching around, he soon found some old rope, and looking up at his dad's tools that neatly hung on the wall, he saw the hammer, and next to it, on a small shelf, his dad's red biscuit tin, full of odd screws and nails. 
With all the clobber neatly tucked under his arms, he raced back across the park to Charlie's. What are you doing, Ben? asked Charlie. Watch. Charlie got out of his chair and within a matter of moments, Ben had converted the wheelchair into a supercharged sledge with the planks of wood acting as the runners. Ben had carefully threaded the rope through the wheel spokes and around the pieces of wood before finally nailing the rope to the planks of Ada's support. Rebecca was impressed with Ben's masterpiece. She leant towards him and gave him a little kiss on the cheek to say, Well done. Ben's blush didn't go unnoticed. Charlie and Peter simply giggled as Ben tried to hide his face in his gloves. Kitted and booted out, the gang of four headed for the park. Hours of fun followed as Peter, Ben and Rebecca took it in turn to push Charlie in his newly converted sled up the park slopes, jumping on him as the chair freely glided down the slopes in the chase of other children's toboggans. Tumbling out of his chair with whoever was sitting on his lap as they precariously careered down the slopes was hilarious and fun. With all the thrills and spills, no one had noticed the time. Even the little red robin that was flying high above them was preoccupied with all the activity that was taking place below him. The shrill voices of Charlie and Rebecca's mother shouting their names from the top of the hill brought the day's proceedings to an abrupt end. Charlie looked at his friends and says, I'm in for it now. I will say it was my idea and take the blame. But thank you so much. I haven't had so much fun in a day for a long time. I miss you all when you're at school and I'm stuck at home. The retribution was swift. Once home, Charlie was banished to his room. He tried to explain to his mother that it was his decision to go out, not his friend's but she was not in the mood to listen to his story. She was angry with him, and he knew why. Getting a call for him was a serious matter. Charlie looked out of his small attic window. The last of the daylight was disappearing, and the man in the moon was already up in the sky. Waving goodnight to the little robin, still sitting on the gatepost as if he was keeping watch, he pulled his Doctor Who curtains to shut out the rest of the world. He had enjoyed a great day with his friends. This day would stay long in his memory, be it short or long. Well, that would depend on how well the cancer responded to the treatment. For a nine-year-old boy, he had a positive outlook on life. He knew he was seriously ill and that his time on this planet might be shorter than his friends. But today was a great day and I'd put him in a better mood ready to face the challenges ahead. Well, having listened to a short clip of the story, some of you will have picked up, I don't actually say where Charlie was from, and it was only after I had published him that in my mindset I placed him in Derby and Darley Park. I suppose I should re-edit the story, but for the time being I tell everybody he's from Derby, my home city, and I'm sticking with that line. My question to you all is, do you think I should go back into the story and re-edit the storyline, or do I leave you all guessing? I would love to hear your answers, so either get of your parents to contact me on social media platforms. Looking forward to hearing from you all. Next week, in episode four, 
I'm going to talk to you about Ephraim, my Jewish little boy, the fourth cat in the book. He's from Jerusalem, so we're off to Israel next week. The story is about how he and his Palestinian friend Amir try to unite the Jewish and Palestinian communities together. Their meeting with President Obama in the White House is very interesting, to say the least. But for now, this is JT Crowley signing off. So, wherever you are listening in the world, stay safe, but have fun, just like my characters. Thanks for listening to The Smart Kids. Want to follow more of their adventures? Check out The Smart Kids by JT Crowley on Amazon.com now.